everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, coming at you all from the studio today, doing the ad space for this week's episode. Um, <clears throat> this week, uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Jason Ransom of Ransom Tactical Solutions. Uh, if you guys <clears throat> have been listening, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had Jared from uh, Orion Training Group on. Uh, Jared and I talked about Jason briefly on, uh, on that episode. So uh, after that, reached out to Jason, got in touch with him, and was able to, uh, to get some of his time to sit down and talk uh, about what he does, uh, how he got to where, where he is. Uh, we talk about like all, all kinds of cool stuff. He was a, uh, he's a former Marine, spent a lot of time in law enforcement, doing all kinds of stuff down there in Louisiana, uh, stuff I had no idea about, right? You know, maritime, uh, maritime things. That's a terrible word for it, but you know, um, doing all kinds of interesting stuff. He was a dog handler. Uh, he worked training the SWAT team, uh, was a volunteer officer for a while. Uh, at some point worked in, in firearm sales, you know, so has, has been around and, and seen a lot. Uh, and, and like I said, works with Orion training group, uh, is a part, a big part of, uh, <clears throat> their, their content and their social media presence. Uh, so super cool, dude. Uh, I really enjoyed our discussion together. Um, I think you guys are really going to dig it. Uh, before I get, I get over into the chat with Jason though, uh, as always, Gotta say thank you to our sponsors here. Guys, EclipseHolsters.com has been with us since day one. They've been a huge, huge sponsor uh, of what we do. Um, and they're a terrific company. I cannot stress enough the importance of having a quality holster if you are out concealed carrying, um, <clears throat> if you have a firearm with you, even if it's <clears throat> even, even if it's not concealed, right? If you're, you're carrying out in the open, uh, outside the waistband, whatever have you, you know, scout carry for one of those guys, uh, you shouldn't be. But if you're carrying a gun, you need a quality holster. You need a way to protect that trigger guard. Check out EclipseHolsters.com, all right? They, they hooked you guys up. All right, our discount code prepared mindset is going to save y'all 20% off of your order. Spend over a hundred bucks, you get free shipping. It's a really good deal. Uh, guys, honestly, <clears throat> if you buy a holster and a mag carrier, and let's, let's be honest, you should be carrying a spare mag. You're going to break the hundred dollar mark and then you're going to get free shipping and not just USPS, you know, first class, whatever you're going to get two day FedEx shipping. All right. So premium shipping, and they, on top of all that, they guarantee you're going to have it in the mail on the way to you in three business days or less, which is kind of unheard of for the holster industry. Aside from that, they make, they make great holsters, guys, like super good quality products. Um, I own <clears throat> four between Lexi and I. Um, we were actually consumers. We were customers of theirs before they came on and supported the podcast. Uh, their their high-level customer service is really what attracted us to working with them in the first place. I, I don't, I can't say enough nice things about EclipseHolsters.com. Guys, head over to the website, check it out, pick up a tourniquet, tourniquet carrier, magazine carrier, dump tray, wallet. Hey, whatever you need, all right? EclipseHolsters.com. Again, our code, Prepared Mindset, saves you 20% off your order. Head on over, check it out today. Also, gotta say thank you to my medic. You guys, you know, part of my discussion today with Jason, we're gonna hit on medical stuff. Medical is super important. If you carry a gun, you have the ability to create holes, you should have the ability to plug holes, no pun intended, all right? And even if you don't carry a gun, you should still <clears throat> you should still carry a first aid kit with you in the car. You should have them around the house. You should have multiple tourniquets around your house. Guys, it cannot be overstated how important medical supplies are. Everything from just around the house incidents with uh, uh, a can opener, right? <clears throat> uh, you know, and I feel like a lot of stuff has moved away from that for those reasons. You know, a lot of us have cut, cut ourselves on cans as kids and stuff, but 
um, basic, basic injuries like that, having the proper kind of uh, like a finger dressing or a finger wound dressing, um, <clears throat> the proper supplies to manage something as small as that all the way on up to, unfortunately, possibly even gunshot wounds, lacerations, uh, come across somebody in a car accident. You'll have the materials to be an asset in the situation. And they include free training videos when you purchase their kits. So not only are you an asset with the supplies, you are an asset with the skill set. All right. They gave us the code mindset 20. It's going to save you 20% off your order at mymedic.com. They're also an affiliate partner with us. So you guys head on over to our offers page on Facebook, head on over to our link tree page, use our affiliate link. Any purchase that you make through mymedic.com with that link, you'll still get to use the code. You'll still get to save 20% with mindset 20. But any purchase that you make, a piece of that comes back to support what we do here at The Prepared Mindset. Helps us, helps you be better prepared. Go on over, check out mymedic.com. Do it now while you're thinking about it. Stop putting it off. Lastly, head over to that offers page, that link tree page, check out dryfiremag.com. Again, Jason and I talk a bunch about dry fire uh, on this conversation. Dry fire cannot be overstated the value of dry fire practice, especially in the ammo climate we're in today where it's super expensive and very hard to find. It's getting better. Still not where it needs to be for us, right? Pick up a dry fire mag. You'll end up saving yourself some money and you'll end up getting a lot of reps in. Again, they're an affiliate partner with us. So use our link, any money you spend on their website, piece that comes back, kicks back over here to the team at Prepared Mindset, what we're doing and helps us keep doing all the cool stuff that that you guys enjoy. So head over to Drive Mag, use our link, check it out. All right, without any further ado though, folks, I'm gonna get over to my conversation with Jason Ransom of Ransom Tactical Solutions and Orion Training Group. Enjoy it. Hey Jason, thanks for jumping on, man. Hey man, I appreciate it, Austin. How are you today, bro? I am, uh, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. These, uh, I don't know, I think you're in, you're in Louisiana, right? down south yeah up here in michigan we like to play this game where the the weather jumps up and down like 20 degrees and it gives my sinuses complete and utter just just problems so i'm like you know i'm kind of in like that fluey mode right now um but i'm, not, I, I'm actually pretty good i'm pretty good yeah <laughs> it's about eight so. degrees out today uh and pollen everywhere so i feel you with the sinuses and the allergies and Oof. stuff man yeah it's uh it, it's one of those things i was uh just thinking about today. I'm like man if i had to go out and train on the range today feeling the way I do, <laughs> would I do it or would I make up an excuse with my buddies to go home? <laughs> uh, it's just, it's miserable, but <clears throat> you know, same time every year, right? Spring and fall pretty yep. much. Yep. Um, so let's get started. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe talk a little bit about, uh, you know, who you are, what you've done, uh, you know, all that good stuff. All right. Yeah. My name's uh, Jason Ransom and I am the owner of Ransom Tactical Solutions down here in Louisiana, like you mentioned. Uh, I'm also part of a much larger group uh, called Orion Training Group. Some of you may have heard of it. Um, we've had a lot of good success here real soon. Um, really enjoying the ride that we're on and you know, helping other people. Kind of how I got here, um, a little bit about myself, background, um, Marine Corps from 94 to 98, active duty, did some some odd and stuff, never deployed, so didn't have that, uh, that ribbon or badge, but I did some cool stuff. Um, the uh that brought me to kind of going into law enforcement because i really couldn't see myself sitting behind a desk too much i just wasn't that type of guy i didn't do well in high school and i avoided college 
so it was it was USMC for me, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, they call us Uncle Sam's misguided children for a reason. Oh yeah, there you go. <clears throat> <laughs> so, uh, see, I did four years active duty, got out, and I got into law enforcement around uh, around the early two thousand. I just kind of do it part time as a reserve, you know, for free, just kind of seeing what's it about, dabbling a little bit. Oh, sure. And uh, a spot came open full time and I applied for it and got a job uh, working for a real small agency here in Louisiana. And uh, I got picked up as a canine handler for that department and uh, soon became a farms instructor about 2004. And uh, that's when I really, you know, started uh, learning the aspects of teaching and instruction. You know, I'd, I'd always been around guns, you know, being from the South um, and obviously my Marine Corps background, but then never really had a chance to teach it. So, you know, everybody can shoot. Well, most everybody can shoot, but sure. <laughs> the, the right and the wrong and the methodologies of, you know, proper weapons and handling, uh, safety aspect of it, you know, that was real cool. Um, so I started dabbling in that a little bit, uh, became a firearms instructor. And uh, I was my department's firearms instructor for about four years. And I decided to leave there and go to the state level. So I worked for actually Louisiana State Police for about four years as well. Um, and actually got moved to their um, farm training unit full time uh, after I went through the academy and all that stuff. And it was like 17 weeks of uh, academic um, shenanigans. But nonetheless, <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> um, and I got picked up full time to work on the range uh, at the Louisiana State Police. Um, left there to pursue a much bigger, uh, I, th I think, a bigger career in law enforcement where I was uh, moved over to the East Baton Rouge Parish Sheriff's Office. And uh, I was, again, uh, offered a job at their range full time, and uh, I was able to apply to uh, be part of our, their SWAT team. And their SWAT team is, is rather busy, um, typically, you know, yearly operations between the 80s and uh, 90s, 100, 120 wow. um, for a part-time part team. Mm. Um, That's a lot. So part-time? That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Part-time team. So I worked at the range full time. Uh, did SWAT uh, part-time and there was a, a bunch of us that were also on our, our maritime team because, you know, Louisiana has a lot of water rays. So um, right. a lot of the SWAT guys were doing maritime operations, you know, boat boardings and we'd help the Coast Guard because um, Mississippi River just comes right through the middle of Baton Rouge where we, where we worked. So we were um, kind of got our feet wet, you know, no pun intended um, <laughs> <laughs> with that and learned a lot of cool stuff with, uh, with waterborne tactics and so on and so forth. So uh, that was real cool. Um, you know, I was a cop for about 18 years and, um, you know, actually I, I worked with Jared, who's, you know, the owner of O'Ryan Training Group, you know, real close to the SWAT team, yep. uh, super great guy. And uh, he left the office uh, to pursue uh, his training company. And he talked to me about going and I was like, nah, bro, you know, now's not the time, I'm, you know, drug my feet a little bit. And I wanted to, you know, still dabble in, in law enforcement a little bit more. And um, some things happened and uh, I, I finally, you know, kind of made a decision. It was time for me to move on and, um, you know, try something different. You know, we would kind of, yeah. I, I think, <clears throat> I really think that once you get into that profession, that people don't think that they have a way out. I think that, you know, once they, once they get started, they feel like, you know, man, there's nothing else. Uh, and, and that's just not true. Uh, you have to open up your eyes and get out there. And, and basically I took a leap of faith, man. I left a job that I had done for 18 years. I cried. I went to church. I cried some more, you know, I prayed <laughs> on it. 
Um, yeah, figured it out for yourself. And, yeah. Yeah, man, it, it yeah. was hard. But um, for me at that time, it was the right thing to do because, you know, like I said earlier, um, you know, I was donating time as a cop. Uh, I'm sorry, and as a reserve officer for free, you know, not getting paid, just doing right. it uh, uh, out of the goodness. And this is reaching so many more people on a different level. And I and and the Orion Training Group mission statement, if you haven't read it, I'm sure you have read it. But if there's people out yes, there that haven't read it, you should really go take a look at that and find some self-worth in that mission statement and look at bettering yourself in whatever way, shape or form that you feel like you need to. And we can help you in that endeavor. Um, and, and there's, you know, a huge, a huge thank you to Jared for, for allowing me a seat at the table, man. Uh, I love that guy to death. And, um, I mean, he's a super, super knowledgeable guy. And, you know, we, we oftentimes, you know, in law enforcement, we throw out that term brother. And a lot of the time that, that term is mis, misused and slung out, uh, at every, any given chance. But, um, within that Orion training group, man, there's some, there's some real good, some brothers going on and, and, um, there's a lot of good stuff going on with it within that group. And I mean, Jared and I actually have to go to Texas, uh, twice this month. Um, you know, actually my birthday weekend, I'll be in Texas teaching and I, I'm oh, like, I'm cool, with I'm cool with that. You know, I'll turn 46 in Texas with a bunch of dudes that I love doing the exact stuff that I, that I love doing. And, and what better way to celebrate your birthday with yeah, you like that? You can't, you can't really beat that. I mean, I've never been to Texas. I hear it's pretty awesome. My father-in-law's down there. I'm, I'm trying to make it over there or down there. Um, but I, yeah, I hear it's amazing. It's like, I mean, can't really ask for a whole lot better, you know, for a birthday. Hell yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, so, I mean, I guess why training, was there something that, that, you know, speaks to you or spoke to you about the training piece of wanting to teach people? Cause it just, you know, I, and we see it more and more now that I think social media, right. <clears throat> you see, everybody's got a training company and everybody's doing it and everyone's trying to do it. And you see, some like yourself and and Jared and what Orion's doing that are you develop a following, which I mean, isn't it's not perfectly indicative that you are good teachers, but I think it says an awful lot. And the fact that you guys have uh, had so much success, right. Talking to him a couple weeks ago and you know, your class is booking out and all this um, you guys are good teachers, right. And not everybody that's done it is a good teacher. You can be a great gunfighter. Uh, you can be a great musician, right. Doesn't, doesn't mean, you're going to be a good teacher. It just means you're really good at, at that. So, I mean, how did you know that this was going to be the, the next step for you? Man, I, I really didn't. I didn't know that this was going to be, if you'd asked me five years ago, 10 years ago, would I be right here doing this? I, I never would have guessed it. Never would have guessed it. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I really think that, uh, and, and, and not to toot my own horn, but you, you hit it on the head, man. Um, you can be a, a, a good shooter. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, a gunfighter, but can you teach others to do that? Can you pass on that information? And most people are like, oh yeah, you know, that's real easy. But, but is it truly easy? And the answer is no, because you have to be a conveyor of information to where they can, you know, process that data that you're, you know, you're, you're, that you're putting into them and go, oh, okay, all right, they have that aha moment. And what I mean by the aha moment is I've taught probably tens of thousands of people um, in an academy setting since being a farms instructor since 2004. Okay. So, and, and not only that, I was, I was a driving instructor. I taught DT. Um, so I, I, I guess I just have kind of this ability to relate to people mm -hmm. and, and not, 
speak down upon people and, you know, tell them, hey, you know, this is the way, this is my way and you will do it this way. Yes. Whereas it's, hey, man, look, um, you know, your, your hands, you know, aren't big enough to hit the slide stop lever. So you should try, you know, the reach over the top. I know it's faster to do this, but it's convenient for you to do this. Mm-hmm. And they kind of have the aha moment. And I'll go back to that. Uh, I tell people and some people probably listening to this will be like, no way, no way. <laughs> But teaching cops in an academy, I tell them four days, four days of firearms instruction, weapons manipulation, safety, dry fire, and live fire, four days before you actually find the front sight post. They're like, no way. And time, time, and time again. Monday classroom, Tuesday classroom, dry fire, Wednesday dry fire, live fire, Thursday shoot all day, and by the end of the day, Thursday, guess what they found? That front sight. The front yeah. sight post. And when I tell them that, people don't believe it, but their groups go from, you know, two to three All foot over the place down <clears throat> yeah. to this. And I'm like, what changed? I found the front sight post. I'm like, there you go. I stopped jerking right. the trigger and anticipated. There you go. And that aha moment, when you make them feel really good about themselves and like, man, he didn't, you know, he didn't bitch at me. He didn't talk down to me when I was jerking the trigger. When I was couldn't find it, he just, you know, kept on and kept on. I think that's what really separates me from a lot of other people and then i try to relate to folks and i bring a little bit of humor um if you ever come to one of our classes man i'm a i'm gonna laugh and joke and poke fun to a certain extent you know i'm not gonna you know obviously insult anyone unless you know it may be (laughs) oh exactly um, but you gotta you have to and i maybe it was i think it was jared i talked about with us it's i feel like so many people and and not just shooting Right. But, but anything, so many people are trainers, um, whether it's, you know, a corporate trainer in America or, you know, a shooting instructor, whatever they, uh, they can regurgitate what was said to them and they, and that's PowerPoint PowerPoint, or they watched it on YouTube and, and, you know, I'm a teacher. Yep. I can teach this. Uh, you must just be a bad student or you're not talented or you're not gifted whatever. Um, I mean, and, and that's, that's bullshit. Honestly, I, I taught music for many, many years, and I can tell you that more often than not, the fault w- lies with the instructor. Hey, man, if if it doesn't make sense to them, you're failing. They're not failing. You're the ones who's be teaching them, right? Find a different way to say it. Find a different way to explain it. Some people are visual people. Maybe they got to just get their hands on what's going on, and then then it clicks. Then they have the aha moment. And and honestly, just, just following the stuff that I've seen you do on social media and things, you're very articulate with how you explain some of that stuff. And for a lot of folks, myself included, when you're explaining some of this stuff to people, it is really kind of tricky to put into words more than one way. Like how do you hold a handgun or, you know what I mean? It, there's just, well, you do it like this. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, uh, here, hold on. Let me, uh, how can I, uh, how do I, you know, uh, think about it uh, like this, you know, it's that in itself being able to think that way. Like I said, articulate those ideas more than one way is what good teachers are able to do. Yeah, I mean, you, I saw your video, um, you know, after you talked about uh, my cones in my in my garage, you know, I had done yep. the same thing around doors in my house. I've demoed it here and I've demoed it at class. And it's the same, it's the same concepts. But when I put those two cones right there and I show them, you know, the way that you angle yourself to mm-hmm. maneuver your body, they were like, ah, uh, and I'm like, bro, yeah. it's the same thing. It's the I same, thought... It's, it's, 
I thought I had crushed that too. I was like, oh, I feel so good about this. This is great. And then I put it up and Jared messages me like, hey, man, it looks pretty good. But do you know that you're you're the first one through the door? Your gun's pointing at the ground the whole time. I was like, damn it. What the? I sort of got in and do that. And I, and I went back and I like rewatched it just looking for that specifically. I'm like, son of a bitch. I'm like, yep, yep. Like, and I was because I remember doing it. I was so concerned with don't overexpose your muzzle, you know, and I'm like, this is it. Like, and this is one of the things I really love and why I want to take my guys classes, you know, is there's, it's not about pulling the trigger with CQB, right? It, it's like so much going on, like thresholds and angles and exposures and what you're doing. It's like, it's so much going on in your mind and it's like 10% physical, you know, um, which I, I don't know why, but I, I just, I kind of love that. I think that's awesome. Like it, it's just, I know I'm an intelligent person and was not always the greatest athlete. So it helps me like level the field a little bit, you know? Um, but I think it's awesome. You know? Yeah. We don't, we don't actually pull triggers until after lunch on the first day. Cause I don't want you thinking about triggers or anything. I just want you to be able to, Hey bro, walk through the door, walk right. through the door with your gun up. <laughs> if you're number two, walk through the door, your, your guns up and then it goes down, you know, just being able to manipulate the gun around bodies and around doorways. You're not the only one to do that though. Austin, there's time and time and time again, that we see people that, have done some form of room clearing and they never been taught the why behind it. And that's what separates us and Orion from a lot of other people out there. I go back to, Hey bro, you need to do it this way. It's my way. Well, mm -hmm. why is it? Why is it your way? Why is it that way? Can you please explain to me why it's done that way? ABC. Well, us at OTG, we really break that down as to why it's beneficial to, I'll use the term run the rabbit to get two guns into a gunfight faster than it is to, push the threat means going to that unknown first. But people will argue all day long that that's wrong. Yeah. And when I bring them into class and I say, okay, bro, both ways are right, but I'm going to show you the difference in the two. And I have somebody literally stand in the corner and keep time on their smartwatch or phone or whatever. Look, bro, this is, mm -hmm. then we're going to do this three runs. And we do it, we do it, we do it. They get a baseline time, divide by three. That's our time. Now right. we have data. We have data. So remember you said about being smart. So I said, I'm making mm -hmm. this to where people can understand it. Now we're going to do it the exact other way. There's two ways to do this. We're going to do it the other way. And we're going to get time. We're going to run it three times. We're going to get that data. Now you tell me which one looks better, functions better for getting two guns in a gunfight, and is faster. And they go, the other option. There you go. You can do either one you want, bro, but I'm going to give you the why as to why this works better than the other. And it's right. not just the Army way or the Marine Corps way. It's what's going to save yourself or your buddies in the midst of a gunfight. And you know what? Just walking through the doorways on that stuff, when you, well, like you said, when you have the aha moment, you go, okay, I get it. I finally yeah. I understand what you mean. And I think that's what separates us and, and sets us apart from um, a lot of the, like you said, the instructors, man. I, I can't. I can't book a firearms class down here in the South because there's a freaking firearms instructor everywhere you could throw a rock to, you know I mean? They're, they're that close, blah, 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 you know, yeah. but there ain't nobody teaching civilians CQB or how to clear their house in the midst of problems. Of, you know, they hear that bump in the night. Oh, what was that? Let me right. get my gun or whatever. <laughs> well, check this. It seems like so many places don't want it. To, and in fact, I was, I was listening to some other podcasts. I, I won't say which ones, but, um, and they were older. Uh, probably a year and a half old episode or something. Just, you know, I'm at the gym working out, just listening to it <clears throat> and talking about why they stopped teaching CQB techniques, tactics in general, right there. Uh, or if they do, they'll only do it for law enforcement or uh, they'll do like two classes a year and everyone has to go through background checks and they're, they're super selective about who they let in. 
which to an extent I get, you know, I mean, I do understand right with the day and era that we live in. And unfortunately all the evil shit that happens, I, I do understand. I'm not, I'm not completely oblivious, but it seems like so few people actually want to teach these skills to people. And it's probably the most applicable shit you're going to run into. You know, you think someone's in your house when you get home. Hey, my kids are in there. Hey, my wife's in there. Or, hey, wake up in the middle of the night. Someone's in here. Look over. Hey, the wife's here. The dogs are here. Who the fuck's in my house? And at that point, it's like, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you just sit there and wait, scream out, hey, uh, don't come in here or else. Or, you know, are you going to be armed with the information to make yourself, you know, uh, an asset in that situation? And yeah, I think yeah. it's great what you guys teach. Yeah. You so know? a lot of people have like an emergency preparedness plan, which includes like a medical kit, some rations, you know, food, water, you know, in yeah. the case of out of hurricanes or y'all got a snow blizzard or whatever the hell you got up there, yep. there's flash life with batteries. Well, what about that case you just mentioned? What about that specific incident? You know, now there's a blackout and people are kicking in doors, robbing folks. What are you prepared to do? Are you going to be a victim? Or are you going to be, uh, you know, an adversary for that threat that walks through your front door? Or kicks in a window. I mean, what are you prepared to do? You know, are you going to call down one and hope for the best? Or are you going to defend you and your family? You know, so yeah. everybody has a right to defend their home. So why can't everybody learn defensive tactics in order to do just that? In my mind, it's it it, it really does fall more because we hear everyone talks, not everyone, but <clears throat> people go, we need gun control. We need, it needs to be harder to get a gun. It's like, well, why don't we, why don't more people take classes? Why don't more people train with their firearms? I mean, in my mind, this is gun safety, right? Yeah. I mean, so you're learning how to. Yeah. Yeah. I can't that I can't book a firearms class down here, and for the life, man, I don't understand it. I mean, there's people that'll sign up and take a, a concealed carry class and get their CC, you know, CCL or CCW, whatever you want to call it. They'll get that, and I'm like, mm -hmm. that's just enough to get your butt in trouble when you don't really anything. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. They teach from two four and seven yards 36 rounds and that's it you don't do any drawing you don't need presentation do any moving you don't do any target discrimination none nope. of that you don't do any instinctive shooting so what do you yeah, really accomplish by getting that little license that says now i can carry concealed but i've never done this other stuff anything else yeah my my cpl class was about six and a half hours of video and an hour at the range where all i had to do was put 20 rounds on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper at 10 feet and that was good enough and hey, and he's a nice guy, super knowledgeable about all the material in the class, uh, retired law enforcement, was the training sergeant for the local sheriff's department here, uh, sold me my first firearm, really, really good guy, really good guy. But the, I mean, to think that after that, you're like, all right, cool. Uh, hey dog, I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm going to carry this gun with so, me every day. Fuck yeah. Like so we can agree. There's a huge gap. There's a huge gap. Yeah. You know, and, and man, you owe it to yourself and your family to get a little bit more training, you know, get get a little more um, proficient with whatever it is you plan to do, you know, whether it's just pistol work or, you know, Hey, you got a rifle that your dad gave you. Well, you know, an AR type or whatever, or maybe it's an AK. I, I don't care. Just yeah. learn how to and be, be a gangster with it. You know, I mean, get after it. Yeah. Be, I mean, it's always surprising to me to see the number of people that go to the local ranges, uh, at least by me. Um, and I, I live outside Detroit. Um, I'm not that far from eight mile, which everyone always assumes I live in like the hood. It's really not the case, <laughs> but the, the range I go to is literally on eight mile in Detroit and um, super nice place. Well lit, well ventilated, but the people that come in there that bring like their AR pistols and stuff like that, or just the AR they bought off the shelf and they have no idea uh, how to load it, how to charge it, how to unload it safely. 
or they they do and then they throw so much shit on there like okay sir i understand and god bless america but why do you need a 60 round drum are you and then he just proceeds to dump this mother down the range i'm like what are you okay you know you're fine Robert. you know what hey have fun you want to drop three hundred dollars in about 30 seconds with ammo prices today god bless yeah make it rain buddy all day long and and they don't offer it's a great range they got a, a big ass classroom to teach cpl courses uh they got two separate ranges that can both handle rifle and pistol they never run classes out of it so you're saying down there you you can't you can't find a place to book it we've got ranges on ranges up here in in, in southeast detroit or I should say Southeast Michigan, really, because <clears throat> um, it's quite a, a somewhere a ways outside of Detroit. But um, a lot of them, they don't want to run any classes or they'll, they'll teach you like your beginner handgun class after CPL. I have to yeah. go an hour from my home to uh, to Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, go to Ann Arbor Arms and, and they offer a full curriculum. They got like a training staff and everything. Super good guys. They build they bring in outside companies. But other than them, I think there's like one other place in the whole state of Michigan that I found that offers any kind of training outside of your CPL. And it's like, why, you know, yeah. we're big deer hunters up here. Everybody's got guns up here. You know, don't you think you should know how to use it? And the answer is apparently not. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't get it. I think that, and, and okay. So here's a, here's a good question for you. Cause being in law enforcement, as long as you were, and then getting into training and things the last couple of years, right shit kicked off, got real weird all over the country, COVID lockdowns and all that stuff. Did you see in it like a, personally, did you see an, like an increase in the number of people coming to you asking, Hey man, should I buy a gun? Hey man, don't need to be worried about this. Uh, people who were otherwise against it now suddenly concerned for their own safety. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, had quite a few people reach out and say, Hey, what's a good, this is the question. What's, what's a good, a good gun, gun for self-defense? You know, <laughs> I'm like, well, what are you capable of? Cause some people, um, you know, some people aren't strong enough to work the slide on a semi-automatic handgun. Right. Yep. They, they physically lack the strength. So I have to ask them, are you capable to, to manipulate a slide, you know, 13 pounds of, you know, RSA, recoil spring assembly to, to pull that slide back? If not, then you probably look at a revolver. Well, you know, revolvers are, you know, they only got five shots or six shots. I'm like, well, how many do you need? I mean, yeah. if you go to the range, <laughs> practice, get proficient with that bad boy, shoot a dude in the face from across the room with a five shot, game on. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, 38 is, is a pretty big round. I mean, that's, you're going to, you're going to fuck some shit up. You know, it's well, not a bad yeah. option. If that's, well, if, if, yeah. that's your, if that's your only option, because you lack the physical ability to pull a slide back, then buy something that you can manipulate. If it's five shots, it beats the hell out of, you know, grabbing a knife out of the drawer to Oof. defend yourself with, Yeah, you know, F, F that mess. Yeah, no, absolutely. I got, um, I got a bunch of questions, you know, and I, I think, I don't know. I think that we're maybe seeing a shift in ideas across the country, you know, like, Hey, maybe this is something we all need to look into a little bit more. People realize that uh, that won't ever happen here is not really a good way to look at it. You know um, maybe that owning a firearm makes sense. You know, a lot of these people uh, I had some other, some other guests and things that, that shared some stories about the same kind of situations, right. Where now all of a sudden people that hate firearms, right? Hated them. You don't need one. Why do you need that? I love that question. Why do you need that now? Okay. Hey, go turn on the TV. See the shit that went down in Atlanta. That's why. See everything that's going on in Ukraine. That's why, you know, and everyone goes, okay, well, I'm just gonna go buy one. Like, well, then you better fucking learn how to use it too, because otherwise you're actually more of a liability and people don't understand. Like it's not, I mean, it is just point and shoot, but it's 
also slightly more complicated than that. Well, you should probably seek it, out some professional help. <laughs> well, and it's definitely, you know, uh, to, to add on to that, you know, yeah, I'm going to get a rifle. It's going to be, in, you know, in my house. Well, mm-hmm. who, who, who's on the other side of your house? Where are your kids at? Where are your relatives at? Where is your neighbors at? And, 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 or, or, you know, is that going to be part of your backstop? You know, knowing those cardinal safety rules, number four, you know, be, be sure of your target and what lies beyond. So what's behind the person that you're shooting at? Is it a wall? Right behind that wall is your kid's bedroom or your neighbor? Or, you know, is your apartment separated by, you know, a concrete fire break or not? You know, yeah. you, you, so what's behind, you know, the bad guy that kicks you in your door and you live in an apartment, there's apartments across the way. You know, what are you prepared to do? So not just owning a firearm for, for protection, but like you said, having a skill set, knowing when and how to deploy that thing, not professionally, but damn, have some have some good common sense, um, get a good sense of direction on what's a, you know, what's the safest way for me to deploy this in defense of myself and my, my family. And oh God, I got to worry about the other people, you know, surrounding me. So, you know, that knowledge base is key. And if you don't have anybody with experience putting that sort of information out there, then, you know, it, it, again, we're falling in that gap again. You know, nobody's, nobody's fixing that. Nobody's, you know, given those people that are scared. Now they're making a decision to, damn, I'll see what's happening. I better go get a gun. Well, if you're going to buy a gun, and every, when I used to be in sales, I would tell somebody, hey, if you're going to buy this gun, you need to take a class on it, like a professional class, not your uncle that was, you know, in Vietnam or whatever. But a professional <laughs> yeah. Class. yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes we will. Do you know where I could go take one? Absolutely. Here's a car. You know, here's a guy that teaches, you know, in the area. Um, that was before I get it. I got into, uh, you know, in the law enforcement. Sure. So. Um, so, yes, if you're going to buy a gun, go get some freaking knowledge, you know, just, you know, we get people in the emergency preparedness questions all the time you know, Hey, what's a good first aid kit? I'm like, well, you can, you can, you know, go, go to North American rescue rescue and, and build your first aid kit, however big, however small you want for whatever it is you're going to need to apply it for. But you need to go get some instruction on how to apply it, you know, how to put a tourniquet on properly, how to pack wounds, mm-hmm. you know, what the, what the, you know, what's the time in relation to that, how much pressure, you know, all, you need to go get some education on that. You know, don't just buy one. You know, when people go buy a car, they don't just, or, you know, like a, people nowadays probably don't know how to drive stick shifts, but Oh, I still do. I will never forget yeah. the joys of learning how to drive a stick. Yeah, you had to learn that, man. You know, you didn't just jump in like and go. You know, so those those skills had to be acquired. You know, so anytime that you're looking as far as and and I I think medical goes hand in hand. Um, anytime that you're looking to and you know go off and and get some, uh, you know, buy something to make you a better person or more equipped person, you know, learn how to use that shit. You know, if you if you bought a fire starter from Amazon because you thought the shit was going to go bad, then go outside and build a fire with that thing. Look and know how it works. Yeah. You know, I taught my eight year old kid to do that. You know, we bundled up some tender. I struck it. I showed it to him. He looked at it. He's like, all right. And he made fire. I'm like, bro, now you're man. Yeah, let's get high fives. <laughs> I mean, and that's even, you know, talking about medical, right? It, it's, it's not impossible, but it's really difficult to find classes on that too. And that's not even something that's very... I mean, it does have the scope, right? The application for, for two a specific things. Right. But I mean, you, you can use those skills when you're out hiking. Uh, I mean, hunting, obviously, uh, mountain biking, I mean, all kinds, I mean, the applications are basically on you driving on the road, right? Somebody crashes their car, having those skills is, is paramount. And 
<clears throat> I mean, just finding classes on that, uh, it's not easy. You know, I didn't, uh, my employer paid for uh, a first aid course to, through Red Cross to come to the building. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm signing up for that. Is it free? Yes, it is. Like, hell yeah, I'm going to sign up for that. <laughs> Go down there. There's about seven people out of the 250 at the office that showed up. I'm like, man, really? really it's free. Like who doesn't love free? You get out of work for like two hours and you, you get to learn something that's going to maybe save your own life. I mean, why would you not? And it because blows my mind. Nothing has happened to him yet. That's the mentality. Right. I don't need to right. learn that because it, it hasn't happened to me. Well, like you said, the car accidents, I think OTG has either four or five saves from tourniquet application and uh, dealing with people that have been involved in motor vehicle accidents cops from the classes that they went through um just weeks before so having that knowledge and skill set because in the academy settings unfortunately the academy all they require to teach is cpr type first aid stuff they don't teach them all the the rule pack and stuff like that so that's a niche that we're trying to fix within some of these uh some of the things around here is getting in to teach cops an in-depth form of medical treatment you know, why wouldn't somebody go to a class is simply because they haven't had it happen to them yet. You know, um, and that's, that's crazy that, I mean, the assumption always, you know, police officers are always the best equipped and, you know, you, of course you would go through this. Why wouldn't a police officer go through this training? So that's, I mean, it's not surprising, I guess, but it is kind of disheartening to hear that that's kind of, I don't want to say where the bar has fallen to, but that's kind of where the bar has fallen to is, you know, enough to mitigate civil liability and, uh, and that's it. Right. Yep. We're just going to get you to right here. Um, which man, you know, in the Marine Corps, I was there tourniquets were like, like the last resort, you know, um, you know, it wasn't as predominantly used as it was now. And, And what got us to that point, unfortunately, you know, um, you know, was the, was the last big war that we were, you know, involved in for, you know, however many years right. um, for the last decade. That's what set tourniquets and put them on the map is like, oh, it's it's not just as a last resort. This shit is saving people's lives on the regular, like daily. Yeah. Um, and, and now we see a transition over to the cops, because when I first came on, we weren't issued medical equipment. I was just going to ask you my I, question. What do you have to are you required to carry a tourniquet or, uh, or, or like a blowout kit or any of that stuff, or is it all come down to personal preference? Well, now after we had cops <clears throat> die in the line of duty, now they issue a tourniquet and some wound pack and stuff, put, you know, put it together a little kit. And now you have that with you on your belt at all times. So it's a little small blowout kit, but what did it take to get to that? Probably some very unfortunate incidents. And I'm assuming probably unfortunately losses to there justify, so- Hey, this is, you know, and it comes out of dollars and cents, right? Unfortunately, as shitty as it is to say, but it costs money to hire people. It costs money to train people. It costs money, all of it. So I'm, I'm sure it had to pass that whatever threshold, somebody counting, you know, uh, ones and zeros said, Hey, it's too expensive for us to keep doing things this way. We need to save people. Right. And then but I'm still thankful that they finally, they, that they took in that direction, you know, to give cops a little bit more capability to, you know, not only fix themselves, but fix somebody else, you know, another downed officer or a downed civilian, you know, because, you know, Baton Rouge, where we're at, is, is, is not shy on crime for any reason. I mean, for any means, um, you know, and, and the same thing with, uh, you know, with our play carriers. Well, I say our, you know, the other agencies play carriers. Um, you know, we just issued soft body armor for the longest. 
it took some serious engines from looking at it and go, man, we, we need something a little bit more capable to withstand all this, these, these rifle-related yeah. injuries, these shootings that we're, you know, responding to. So then they made the jump to get, right, you know, get rifle plates, issue all the guys uh, rifles, um, and start equipping them better medically, which was huge, huge, man. We're talking about a morale boost. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it, it does wonders for the guys on the road. Um, but for so long, none of that was skilled. It was soft armor pistols. Um, if you had a rifle, uh, good job. Uh, if you had medical equipment, it was on you to provide it. But, you know, times are changing and stuff's getting a little more dangerous uh, every yeah. day. So <clears throat> cops have to become a little bit better equipped, you know, and that's, that's kind of where we're at now, man. And we want to give them uh, that extra boost mentally uh, to function under a, in a high stress environment. And that's why our classes are literally half the price of the other competitive classes that are teaching the exact same material. We're half yeah. the problem. And, um, you know, that's something that's, I, it's something I never really under, I mean, I guess I do understand, but it's something I, I always just saw it and kind of, I don't want to say balked at, but it's just, it's the paywall, right? Some guy, I mean, and I think it's, you're, you're going to, we're starting to see like a, a change, right. And be how p- things are priced and how accessible they are, <clears throat> because I, I know a lot of people that want to train. I can tell you without a doubt, I don't know how too many guys right now that can afford to go out and buy 1500 rounds of nine mil and pay $1,200 for a class and travel out of state and pay for lodging. And it's like, okay, I mean, I could do like one of these things. I could do two of these things, but all three of these things, you were turn this into a five grand swing real quick. And I'm burning, you know, PTO time at work as you know, whatever it, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, so I, I mean, I get it, right? You know, we, you got to put the instructors up, you got to feed them. There are costs that come into it. But I think that some of these people then, you know, not to put any names out there, but, you know, some of these guys turn around, they're driving Porsches and they're out, you know, at the club every other night and they're smoking, you know, crazy cigars and all the expensive booze and everything. It's like, cool. I mean, I'm not saying you don't have the right to make a good living for yourself, but at the same time, you know, accessibility is a huge thing. Um, especially for stuff like this, which really is it's life-saving, um, life saving, um, life saving skills, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and you, you brought a real good point, you know, the, uh, man, it could be a, a, a five grand expense when it's all said and done. We had a kid fly from Hawaii to South Carolina, rented a car in South Carolina and drove to Louisiana for a three day class. Wow. Another dude, drove his car from uh new york to louisiana for that same three-day class and i was just amazed i'm like bro unreal i said i I am i am just humbled by your guys presence like bro they're and the kid from hawaii was like ain't nobody doing this where i'm from i'm like you got a range or you got a building because i we will come to you bring bring the whole otg crew and it's all like neckbone but he's like, bro, no, nobody's doing this here. And he said, I've watched, like you said, watch the content, looking at the info you guys put out. And like, yeah. So we just saved up money and was like, I'm doing it and did it. And I'm just, I was completely humble, bro. I'm like, man, I, I'm, you know, I'm gonna give you a hug, bro. Cause you know, you, this is awesome. That's kind uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bro. And the cat drove from, you know, slept in his car uh, <clears throat> on the way home from New York. I mean, you know, drove from New York, stayed for three days and then drove back up, just slept in his car. And he's like, yeah, man, I, I wanted this. I'm like, bro, <laughs> you the man, dude. You know, I get yeah, mad when I got about Jesus. 45 minutes on the road. So. We're going to take a real quick break here from my conversation with Jason Ransom from Ransom Tactical Solutions and Orion Training Group. 
to remind you guys, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts right now, and you're not following us, you're not subscribing, hit that button, like us, follow us, subscribe. Don't miss any of our episodes. Get the notification when they drop. Follow us on Instagram. See even more of our content and more of what we have putting out for you guys. Keep on learning. Keep experiencing all of this together with us here at Prepared Mindset. Check out Facebook, Instagram, again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Now back to my conversation with Jason Ransom. So, wow. Um, Hawaii. Like, just the logistics behind that are... That's insane. He mailed his uh, he mailed his equipment from Hawaii to South Carolina, um, got a rental car there and drove it down to Louisiana uh, for three days. And um, dude, that alone would give me like an anxiety attack just mailing all of my shit that way. And and like I don't I mean my experiences over COVID right I have had more packages lost in these last two years I think the rest of my entire adult life. I don't trust USPS UPS. FedEx constantly delivers to the same address the next street over. I'm like, man, <clears throat> I just don't trust you people. <laughs> yeah. But that, that just really, really drove home a point to what we're doing, you know, for, for, for two people like that to, to, and great dudes, man. Um, I, I look forward to hosting them again. Um, or, you know, for us to, I mean, we're not going to New York by any means, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be a bad time. I think, but, uh, but for them to, to come down like that, I just really, really drove home the point to me that what we're doing is good stuff, man. We're putting out good information. Um, we're not being, you know, buttholes about it. Uh, the information is valid. It's useful. And guys are digging it, man. And he got hitting the guy from Hawaii. He was like, bro, nobody is doing what you guys are doing. And I'm like, bro, that, that, that's awesome, man. I appreciate it. I gave him a big hug. You know, it was cool, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I, I am constantly looking out for people to talk to, right. For the podcast here. And, uh, always trying to learn something there. Not that I found, I'm not saying it doesn't exist because I'd probably be wrong. Like I watch, I would say that. And then someone would message and be like, yeah, see how about this company, but you really don't see it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there teaching here, uh, shoot from behind a barricade. There's a lot of guys teaching, you know, concealed carry stuff. There just isn't a lot teaching what you guys are doing, you know? Um, I think, so I think it's awesome. I actually, because of what you guys, uh, have in the videos, I went out and bought one of those Mantis Blackbeard systems, um, <clears throat> and start playing with that thing. Uh, I spent the little bit of like, you know, they, they mail them with like a dead battery almost. So I spent the little bit of juice I had last night playing with the dog with the laser and everything and just messing with him. And it was great fun. But, uh, I mean, super looking forward to, to utilizing that. And, um, you guys were the first ones I saw that, not that used that put it in the application of, you know, Hey, here's how you can, you can train with this and get more than just, am I hitting the target? Am I hitting the target? Am I hitting the target? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see a lot of other people out there doing what you guys are doing. I think it's great, honestly. Um, so I guess I, from a, from a learning perspective, um, you know, cause you guys are, you've grown, I think because of the quality of what you're doing, I think your exposure and I think you'll probably agree came a lot because of your social media presence, um, which then compounds upon itself and it builds off itself. Right. Um, would you say you're seeing a lot of people show up to, to classes, uh, maybe better prepared than what you had experienced just a couple of years ago because of social media and what it's teaching people? Or would you say that you're seeing more bad habits that guys have picked up from their favorite, uh, 
in, you know, gun tuber? Man, I, that's a good question. You know, you, you see a, a lot of different stuff. Um, I've seen a lot people, a lot more people being prepared, um, with just the amount of equipment that, that, that they're coming to class with, you know, civilians, you know, have dual mm-hmm. tube, uh, night vision, you know, golfers. And I'm like, you know, that, that was unheard of, you know, five, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but that's awesome. You know, that, that they're, they're looking at that as a force multiplier now. Um, but who, who, who's teaching them how to use it? Um, right. you know, you know, civilians buying plate carriers again, uh, seven years ago, maybe that, that in my, in my train of thought, that was probably unheard of, you know, civilians buying plate carriers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's awesome. You know, now that they're, they're taking the steps and, and provisions to get equipment to better, you know, equip themselves, um, just to be a, you know, a, um, you know, like I said, that force multiplier <clears throat> with that, um, there's, like you said, there's a lot of people out there putting content out. Some of it is, you know, fish poo and just kind of <laughs> laying on the bottom as to yeah. the, really the nuts and bolts as to, 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 you know, why do I put your magazines in this way? Um, why do I, you know, sling my rifle a certain way, you know? So when you can look at some of those people that's putting out that data and you start to see through that, that's why we always say, Hey bro, you can go to any class you want to. And I, I, I would applaud you for doing it. Just right. make sure you set your instructors that, <clears throat> that they have the same beliefs that you do and that the information that they're putting out is, um, is valid and it's current. Um, everything that we do is based off what the, the military and police, because we have both in the group that are still police actively and military actively. So all the stuff that we're putting together is stuff that's being used currently across the United States and in other countries. So it's not like I just came up with CQB, you know, Jason P and you're going to do it this way. It's the stuff that's current, it's relevant, and it's, it's years of information gathering and data and bringing it to the forefront of this is why we do what we do. So if you, if you're out there, you know, watching YouTube for content or watching Instagram and other, you know, other instructors, just make sure that they have, you know, your best interest in mind. They're not just putting it out there to get, you know, to get, uh, to get content or to, for you to go to their class. Cause I mean, we've had other people that come to our classes and say, Hey, I went through, you know, XYZ's class and, you know, it was a waste of money. And I'm like, well, why not? Well, he didn't, he didn't tell me, um, the purpose of pushing, you know, opposing, uh, opposing guns into the hallway when you exit a room. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you, you know, why wouldn't you put a gun in each direction? Mm-hmm. And it, to them, that was foreign because they, up until the point that I told them, they had never heard of, you know, one going out and one going the other direction because they had never been told that. And to me, that's just doing a disservice to them if you don't give them all the options. Um, and that's just one small, uh, small example. So make sure you're doing your job to, uh, as, a, as a student, to, to veteran instructors, to look at all the information and compare what they're saying to anybody else that's in, you know, in the profession. Yeah. And I, I think that you can, <clears throat> you can vet the good companies and the good instructors versus the bad one. I mean, it's getting easier, right. With the internet and everything. Um, as a general rule of thumb, when people have asked me or when I've been looking to anyway, if I can, if I can't look up the company and see some kind of credentials about what this person has done, Hey, they may, they may, may be a great teacher. Right. But 
I know it took me a long time to save up the money that's going to cost me to go to this class, not willing to, to roll the dice on that, you know, maybe later on down the line, or if they update their website, or if I hear a bunch of friends, you know, ranting and raving, oh man, this is great. You know, I got to go take this class. You're going to love it. They, they do great things. Like, okay, <clears throat> then they just need to update their website and, you know, no harm, no foul, but right. Um, and, and again, you know, I don't think that experience is the biggest determining factor in who you should train with. Um, but I think that some experience is certainly a factor. You know, I want to know you're teaching me CQB or, you know, you're teaching me how to draw from concealment, you know, and there's like you were saying earlier, right. There's more than one way to do it. Um, both are right. This is why we do it this way here, you know? Um, but I want to know where that person's coming from, you know, like where'd you work? What'd you do? How long did you do it for? Are you just, you know, kind of guessing as you go, as some of this, these new concepts come out, you know, like shooting with a red dot. I'm sure a lot of dudes teach it. I, I have, I know for a fact that it, there's definitely a learning curve there and it's oh, really easy to, it's really easy to, to fuck up with, a, you know, red dot on a pistol. If you've been shooting irons for five years, six years. I and mean, when I got it on my carry gun, I was like, this is dope. Fuck. I am bad at this. Like I need to work on this and figure this the fuck out. Cause it's, it's a way different animal, you know? So if you're teaching somebody, same rules apply, right? Yep. Yep. And what I, what I would tell people, you know, if they're listening and they, they're debating on getting a red dot also because it's a, it, it is a great tool. Um, a real easy way to get started with that. Once you get one, you know, buy a good one. Don't buy some trash, uh, put it on a gun. And the easy way to do that is, is put your piece of blue tape on a mirror and put it at eye, eye height, right? In a mirror and mm-hmm. just draw that gun up towards that blue tape and make that draw stroke um, going towards that blue tape across your eyes and it will help you find the dot a lot quicker because a lot of people what they do is they'll bring the gun up and they'll try to drop it to find the dot or they'll bring it up yep. and you'll see them doing this wiggling it to try to find it because they, they're, they're I, yep. their presentations all jacked up they haven't put the homework in and that's why we harp on people dry fire dry fire dry fire well that dot presentation is part of dry fire just like presenting your rifle up with that mantis system you can do it from the low ready bring it up you can do it from the high port and bring it down. Man, I don't care as long as you're practicing both because they both have mm-hmm. valid use. Well, and it's a perishable you skill. You know, it, yeah, it goes man. away. Like if I don't dry fire for two weeks with my carry gun and, and, and embarrassed to say I have done that, <clears throat> you know, I'll go to draw again. I'm like, why am I dry? Like you have to drop down to find the dot or pick up to find the dot. You're doing all this goofy shit. And it takes you yeah. like the first 10 or 20 reps. Like, okay, now I remember what this feels like. You know, I mean, muscle memory is great for a lot of things and it, you know, good, but, um, you, you lose it. You don't use it. You lose it. And yeah. that's, again, that's what I, I don't understand people that they take their CPL course. So they'll take one training class, right. And they'll take like one a year or one every other year. And they go, no, I mean, I'm good, man. Like I, I've been to this class. It's like, okay, do you practice? Oh, fuck no, man. You know, ammo costs like, Hey man, dude, I, I I'm with you. Believe me. Like I want to make sure my ammo counts when I go to the range. That's why I dry practice a shitload because it's free. <laughs> you know, it doesn't cost anything. And then you get those reps and you understand how to use your, your bolt release, how to work your charging handle, how to, you know, rack the slide. Or if, if you have trouble racking the slide, here's a, you know, uh, push forward and pull back with the support hand, you know, you start to figure those things out. Yeah. You know, so, um, <clears throat> try, that, uh, try that blue tape drill on the mirror, man. It'll, it'll help out that presentation to bring the gun up to eye level like that. So oh, I'm going to do it. How much quicker you'll pick it up if you practice that a little bit more frequently. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, 
um, just thinking about it, I, I moved into my house here. I, uh, they had, I don't know why they didn't throw anything out. I guess they had like six different medicine chests all over the place in the house, like two in one bathroom, one in the other, and then like three hanging up in the basement. So I have mirrors everywhere that I don't know what the hell to do with. So now instead of taking over my wife's vanity, I'll just, I'll use one of these down here in the basement and, yep. <laughs> and turn that into a training, uh, a spot to do some, some practice and some training on, um, Man, if you've got a bunch of vanities laying around, um, that'd be dope to have like one on the left wall and one on the right wall. That way you could, you could present over here and then bring the gun up. You know, it's kind of like a, a high rating to present over there. That way you're driving the gun from target to target. So yeah. Maybe, and, no, and I mean, see, and this is the stuff that people, I don't think realize enough of is you don't need to have a ton of stuff to, uh, to practice at home effectively, to train concepts effectively. Um, cause in my experience, you know, uh, fundamentals are what make you good at something, whether it's, uh, music, right. If you're learning an instrument and trying to excel there, uh, you know, shooting, uh, anything really, anything that is, that is skill-based, you know, if you don't have good fundamentals and, and understand how to work those multiple ways, you know, understand, like we were saying before, there's more than one way to do it. There's more than one way to skin a cat, you know, um, that's how you're going to, you're going to get better, you know, at least to the point where, you go to a class and then you have somebody in front of you who knows what the hell they're talking about and going, all right, so this is okay. You have a decent foundation, but let's talk about everything else. Right. And right. how we're going to fix that rather than spending. Cause I mean, you know, we talked about it. Classes are expensive. You want to walk in, you want to hit the ground running, you know, you don't want, I mean, at least me, I was terrified in my first class. Like, I don't want to be the guy that holds everybody up. I don't want to be the one that sucks in this class. Like, I want people to look at me and, and, you know, and, you know, right. You get the looks, you get the heavy size, you get the head shakes, like, fuck, fuck, I'm fucking up. You know, I don't want to be that guy. So I, you know, I, you work on that stuff. Right. And, you know, make sure you're getting your money's worth. Right. And have a great class and and hopefully make some new friends and not some new enemies. Yeah. Yeah. So part of, part of that, you know, to break down that, that barrier of I'm a new student, you kind of tell, you know, when it's their first class or they're kind of their first introduction and they have no fundamentals you know because like you said if you have a good foundation and you're at some kind of baseline now i can take that information i can polish it a little bit and get you that much better however if you don't that, that's okay too because when i'm when you're my class i'm you're, you're going to be interactive you're going to i'm going to i'm mm-hmm. going to ask you questions um to make sure that you make you interact yeah out there so i'll i'll throw it out there like hey bro you know what's the priorities work when you go in the room and you'll see one of the people do this well the one that looks down guess what Hey, bro. <laughs> That's how you know who to call on. Yeah. I, yeah. Because they, they please don't pick on me. Please don't pick on me. You know, I don't want him to see me. Or they try to, you know, lean over to get behind the other guy. I'm like, hey, you in the Hide. back. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you with the face. Hey, what's the, what's the first party work? Uh, what? Yeah. I mean, that that's honestly, I mean, I used to do it when I was teaching because I'm like, all right, who doesn't know the answer? Like, who's not paying attention? Come on. But no, I mean, you got it. And people do it for different reasons, right? They're not confident. They don't want to sound dumb. And <clears throat> you know, everyone's there to learn, man. Everyone's there doing, doing stuff that they're going to get corrected on. Uh, and that's just, I think the realization with a lot of people, or at least it was for me, right? Like, Hey man, everyone is here. Everyone here is having the same fear, not really fear, but the same concern and worry that you are about not wanting to be that guy. Just, Hey, if you're wrong, they're going to tell you. And if you're right, you just look that much better. So like, what's, what's to be afraid of? Don't hide, you know, embrace it. You know, that's how you, that you came here to get better. That's how you're going to get better. You know, why not? I so, that. 100. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I never really understood that. I mean, I get it, you know, the shy thing and the lack of confidence, but it's like, yeah, come on, remember why you're here. 
you know, you want to get better. And how much, how much of that, I guess, uh, beginning level, uh, students, do you guys run into? Cause it, and not that that's not cool. I think that's awesome. Um, but it just, it feels like CQB and some of that, that, uh, curriculum, right. Is more towards the advanced side. Um, how much do you guys see about around new shooters that are like, I just want to jump in, like teach me now. Well, we, we see a lot of that, you know, the, our intro to flexible search is one of our most popular classes, but I will say the one that fills up the quickest is anytime we do a solo CQB clearance class that fills up five or six months, uh, in advance, which wow. is, um, which is amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but think about the title, you know, solo CQB clearance. That means you're in the house that we set up by yourself mm-hmm. and you're literally going hunting or you're being hunted. Uh, in that uh, at that venue and uh, that really attracts a lot of people and it attracts a lot of people that haven't done it before because they're either you know um, the the civilian that's an engineer or you know uh, or, or a military guy that hasn't really done CQB but you know really likes the concept or maybe you're you know that uh, you know it's a it's a husband and wife and they're coming to the class and like hey he's like hey I'm at work you need to be able to do this so here yeah. they are um, which is awesome you know, so we show them the, those, those fundamentals and basics of that room clearing techniques. And we see a lot of people that are first timers. Um, yeah, they put on their gear. Yeah. They've shot live fire. They've done some dry fire, but they haven't really, you know, walked through a door. When I say walk through a door, you walk through doors every day. There's a right, uh, <laughs> there's a right way to go about it. And then there's a better way, to go about it. you know, just like you experience with, with your, you know, your dry runs. Um, and we show those people how to start working angles better. Uh, in their environment, we show them how to do it at our venue, and then they can apply that same TTPs, you know, techniques, tactics, and principles at their residence and go, okay, this is what he's talking about, you know, looking at the deep angle, you know, from this room down the hallway or into this kitchen or whatever the case may be. So they learn to apply the skill sets of, you know, angles of exposure can kill you in and outside of a room. So let me, let me take this from this venue and apply it to my house. Yeah. And right now it, it's been, um, it's, it's, it's really been looked upon as like the hot ticket item, you know, that, that solo CQB class. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of crappy to think about cause I'm pretty sure that's the last position you ever want to end up in. Right. I mean, if yeah. you can just wait for the police, like wait for the police, uh, yeah. that's assuming you're on the outside. Right. <laughs> um, you know, if you, if you can disengage and, and withdraw yourself from that as a civilian shooter, I know that's, that's my goal. Like, Hey, I don't, if I can avoid getting into all that, um, cool. I am going, I mean, protect my family is no, priority number one, but, um, obviously the police are going to have more resources, usually more manpower than just me. Right. They're going to be able to handle that a little better than I am, but that's not always realistic. You know, <clears throat> anybody listening to this, you guys Google what are, unfortunately, what are, uh, law enforcement response times are in this country. And it's somewhere between like 12 and 18 minutes, depending on the area. I know here in Detroit, we're like closer to 15 minutes for response times. And that may vary a little bit city to city. I understand, but it's still, I mean, okay, let's cut five minutes off that and be generous. Like 10 minutes is still a shit load of time for whatever to happen. You know, I mean, at least give yourself the option. Do I want to enter? Do I want to engage or, you know, am I going to just walk into a bullet? I don't, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, yeah. I think, you know, I, it makes sense that that would be that popular. I think it's awesome that it is. Honestly, I, 
Um, I know of one range around here that teaches a class like that, but I've, for personal reasons, boycotted the shit out of it. We had a, uh, had a terrible experience the first time I took my, my wife now, but when we were dating, I took her there and she, uh, a little too high on the support hand and, uh, the slide came back and just sliced her thumb. The range yeah. officer was a huge cock bag to her about it. And I was like, you know, fuck this place. We're not coming back here. We'll, we'll find something else. <laughs> right. You know. Well, but you know, let's take those response times and let's apply that to the medical side of it again. Yeah. Oh, so somebody, yeah. yeah, if someone gets shot, how long is it going to take? Right. Do, to do render you know aid? To you know, if you're in there and you're, you know, your, your, your significant other's down, what are you prepared to do? You know, oh, I'm, I'm going to call police and put the dish <laughs> on it. You know, I mean, come on, bro. Yeah. Let, let's have a better plan than hope because hope and luck doesn't get, you know, very far. Now hope's like what you have in the absence of a plan in my, uh, you know, in my experience with, with anything really, let alone life-threatening situations, you know, and it's always blows my mind when I talk to people and they're like, all right, you know, I bought a rifle. I got a sling, you know, I got like a hollow sun red dot. Like I'm, I'm in good shape. Like what else do I need for my kit? And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Do you like all your kit? Like, yeah, man, I does. Great. Okay. Do you have a tourniquet? Well, yeah, I got one. I'm like you have one. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's how many do I need? I'm like, I don't know, like seven or how many can you afford? Like, I know I own at least eight between my wife and I, like, I know we have at least eight in this house, probably more, you know, and it's like, they're all over the place. You know, we keep a couple in our car. I got one. Well, when I was going into the office, you know, I used to keep one in my bag, um, <clears throat> you know, and if you carry a gun, I mean, there's like holsters and shit out there now that specifically work with them, carry a damn tourniquet or get like one of those. Um, there's a couple of companies that make like the wallet sized, uh, like personal oh. iPad kits. It may not be a cat tourniquet, but you know what? One of the, the SWAT tees or whatever is going to be a hell of a lot better than your belt, which it really is not going to, I mean, it's not going to be great. You know, let's just call it what it is. Um, you know, or if, if you want to be those people that doesn't want to carry a gun, cool. Don't carry a gun. You don't want the responsibility. You're anti-gun, whatever. Carry a freaking IFAC because the life you save may, a, may be your own, but you do a lot of good with that, you know, and I just, I still, you know, your point earlier about people taking training for medical and stuff. It's just, it's really unfortunate that it's not more accessible. Yeah. Cause it can do so much yeah. good. And, uh, or the people just don't even know what to look for. You know, you can go buy a kit and build it, but how do you know what you're getting? Do you have enough? You know, and where are you going to find that information? Go to a class, <laughs> go yeah. to a class, learn from people that have been there and learn people have done it. Um, you know, we work with my medic here. Uh, they do, I will say a pretty good job of putting kits together. If you call them and say, Hey, this is my situation. I'll at least make a recommendation, you know, and let you know, Hey, you should have at least this much. If you're covering three people in a family, four people in a family, at least have this much, or you need to step up to this kit. I'm sorry. You have eight kids. That's 10 of you. You need a $1,200 med kit. Kids are expensive. I don't want to tell you, you know, uh, I don't have kids, so I can still say that and laugh, but, uh, you know, Hey, it is what it is. Right. <clears throat> But, um, but Hey man, um, I know we're kind of coming right up to it. So I, I, I do just want to say thank you again, um, for making the time to come on. This has been awesome. Uh, can you tell the listeners just where they can find you on social media and, and maybe some more information about you and your company? Yeah, man. A, hey, uh, Jason, uh, ransom tactical solutions, LLC on Instagram. You can also find my face on Orion training group, LLC, uh, on Instagram, um, yeah, check us out, man. We offer medical firearms, uh, long range, uh, CQB, uh, emergency preparedness. Uh, we're going to put, trying to put together like a small unit, like land nav, um, oh, that'd be cool. working on that. 
So a lot of good things in the works, um, constantly evolving. So check us out. Look forward to taking a class with you guys, man. Stay safe. All righty. Thank you, sir. I, I do. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your evening. All right, man. Appreciate it, bro. Good, great talking to you. You as well.